0: The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes One Double Feature.
1: Um, Welcome! Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard.
0: And I'm Dude Two, Joe.
1: And it has been a second. Oh, man.
0: (laughs) Man has it been. Oh, boy. I mean,
1: for... For all of you listening, it probably hasn't been a second. Or all of you, the one person that listened on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a funny thing we noticed today. But Yeah. It, it, might, it may not be that long period of time for people listening, but it, it, it's been a second for us. <laughs> yeah. As Joey nods his head. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's how out of practice I am at this. I am
1: very rusty you gotta get listen you might be covered in cobwebs you just gotta brush it just gotta get a little get a little brush maybe
0: see now i'm just thinking about because i've been watching what we do in the shadows with allison uh
1: and i'm just thinking
0: no, destroy the spiders homes <laughs>
1: see now i'm just picturing all the cobwebs you have and there's just spiders living there like reading a newspaper hmm. what is happening <laughs> what is going on <laughs>
0: It's an earthquake of (laughs) a 6.8 magnitude.
1: (gasps) Referential. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, But, uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, I must ask, and I really mean it this time, not that I don't before, but it's important now. Um, Dude (laughs) 2,
0: how are you? Mm. Well, wow. Um... How do I even need... well okay <laughs> Let, let's let's go through this. Um, I'm do you want to
1: go back in time? a little bit a <laughs>
0: little bit. Um, so it's been pretty great. I'm a little tired these last couple of days because well, just as Allison's been at my house for the last couple of weeks. she actually she was here to she's here as we were recording this. She's uh, upstairs sleeping. She's upstairs. she needs to get go to bed for work um but she she came down to jersey for stay for a couple weeks um so we were able this is yeah
1: sorry this is this is the longest period of time you guys have spent together like in person Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yes it is so that's, that's a big deal uh this time has been really really great um you know just uh We've been able to... We went to the movies a couple of times. We saw a new Indiana Jones movie, which... I'm not going to elaborate my thoughts on that too much today. Because we'll talk about those movies at some point. Um, saw there Ele- is a plan for that, yeah. There is a plan. Elemental, I think, is really good. I think you'll like it, Richard, when that comes to disc and Disney+. Plus, It's...
1: I will, I will be watching it, for sure.
0: Um, like, the trailers, at least for me... Uh, like I, I, I'm, I'm gonna just go full tilt on. Like the trailers, made it did not make it look appealing at
1: all. I that was that was the that was the shocking thing was knowing how you felt after just watching the trailers because it wasn't even like like here like I'm gonna paint a picture. So it's one thing when when Joey sees a trailer for something and he's just like eh, but like so when you posted your review on Letterboxd for for the movie, I was like, holy shit. like like he had a good time with this and and like allison really liked it too and i'm like that actually got me excited to watch it admittedly because like Mm -hmm. when i saw the trailers i was i wasn't like against it or anything like i was like okay you know it's something i hope it's good but you never know right but uh when you when i saw when i saw your post i was like you know what that, that, that makes me into it. That makes me want to actually watch it now.
0: Yeah, um I really I really liked it. Um really good and it's I don't know if it's going to recoup its investment, but it seems like like it's been holding pretty well weekend to weekend all things considered and this has been a rough summer. Like it's been a rough year for very big movies. Maybe I'll talk about that another time, but that it, it, this I can't remember the last time we had so many High-profile like disappointments, we'll call them mm-hmm. uh, box office-wise. I know not ever, everyone's like, who cares about box office, but I find it interesting. So if you're, that's
1: you you have you have a big interest in that, yeah.
0: You know, I listen. I don't care about these companies, but I do find it interesting when things succeed or fail, and I like you know thinking about why. It's
1: it's it's interesting to look at, and it gives you a sort of a a view into like how the general public is viewing things and their viewing habits and what they're actually into versus because like for the longest time it was like nostalgia yeah and for the longest time you know it was let's bring back all these things that you loved when you were a kid and you know they started doing that and then they just kept doing it and so it's it's interesting to kind of see where the landscape is at this point because like so many of those movies have coming out have come out and it's like i was so ready because like i work at a movie theater and like i was so ready for like heavy traffic for when indy came out and and it was normal traffic but it wasn't like crazy yeah and then um elemental same thing like it just wasn't like hectic and obviously like no one came to see the flash but that has a whole history right yeah just like it's just it's kind of insane like all these movies and it's like a, a Pixar movie finally gets to be on the big screen again. That's not based on like an IP and it's kind of getting, it's, it's getting kind of, uh, you know, uh, Delta Delta bad hand, I guess.
0: Another interesting thing that I was reading online, not counting 2020 and 2021, because those were just obviously yeah. shit disaster years for movies. So we're not going to count them. <sighs> but other than those two years, 2023 will probably mark the first year where Disney doesn't have a billion dollar hit.
1: That is wild, actually. And
0: you know when the last time that happened was? It was 2014, when Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, came out. And what came out this year? Volume
1: 3. Guardians 3. Which
0: will yeah. probably be their biggest movie of the year. It's done very well for itself, and it's been in the it was, top...
1: It, yeah. it was very good.
0: It was a very good movie, and success wise it, it's held on in the top 10 for quite a while Um mm-hmm. you know and it's one of those like like spider verse where it's kind of like proving people talk about like superhero fatigue and it's like you no know, people are tired of like the same old shit it's same mm-hmm. old shit fatigue
1: you know it's it's like once once you've seen the same dance over and over again it's like watching a guy post a TikTok of him dancing like Fred Astaire and it's like it's amazing at first but the more you watch it, you're like, uh-huh, yeah, I saw that one.
0: Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and more and more, it's really like you got to give people a reason to see the movies. And I know there are people who are annoyed with Avatar and Top Gun, but listen, those are movies that it gave people a reason to go to theaters, whether you, yeah. you know, and you can't say that about just pulling a random blockbuster, Quantum Mania. <laughs> <laughs> um but oh boy quantum mania beyond that um uh, Alice and i've also seen a bunch of broadway
1: shows that was a big thing cuz i remember i told i full full disclosure i forgot i knew that she was coming to visit but in my brain cuz i think i remember you saying june and july but i didn't think it was like the end of june and the beginning of july i thought she was coming to visit you twice oh <laughs> so, so i was like I was like, "Hey, you know, whatever they're whatever they want to plan." And then you were like getting all these Broadway shows, and I'm like, "That's insane!" But you got to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you, know, you um, got to do it. Let's see. So we saw so far, we've seen three shows. We're going to see Life of Pi this coming weekend because um, that's actually closing.
1: Um, so is this? Are you going? When's the last show
0: for life uh, for Life of Pi, or just yeah, Life of Pi. The f- last show of it overall, I'm not sure, 110. percent
1: I know. Oh, okay, so so you guys are. I mean, obviously, you already got tickets, so you're well in your time zone. But I didn't know if maybe like that was the last actual like show you oh, guys no. were seeing. Oh well, yeah, it's like la- of there of the, last show that you're watching, but like the last show they were be performing. No, no, mm-mm. yeah,
0: no, no, no. Um, but it's actually it's funny because I think I got the tickets before they made that announcement um, as well. And the same thing is with our first show that we saw was Camelot, the revival of the Lerner and Lowe musical. Um, if you know Philip, you know, Eliza from Hamilton, Philip Sue is in this yeah. production. We got, basically, yeah,
1: I, oh yeah, she's, she's posted about it on Instagram. Yeah.
0: Um, I, and I had never fully seen, neither one of us had fully seen a production of Camelot. And I listened to bits and pieces of the soundtrack. Um, uh, it was a really, I really enjoyed it. Just not having those expectations I know people talked about, like, because the music is so light and, like, airy and romantic, and then, like, because Aaron Sorkin wrote a new adaptation for it as, like, the book, and it's a lot more political, and there's a lot of other things going on in it, Um,
1: so... Mark Zuckerberg shows up randomly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Elon Musk (laughs) comes flying, uh,
1: you know it's kind of wild (laughs) twitter will always be better than threads don't tempt me (laughs) (laughs) it's it's very
0: west wing actually um this is the west wingification of broadway
1: um martin sheen shows up guys guys
0: (laughs) (laughs) but uh i thought it was really good um and we actually went to the stage door met some of the people um I'm going to put in the name of the guy who plays Lancelot. I forgot his name, Jordan Porton, because he is incredible, incredible voice. He was Tony nominated. Uh, wow. But we also met Paul, um, Paul Witte. He was great in the show, but also he's in um, the original, I think the original cast, or at least in the pro shot of Come From Away, which is one of Allison's favorite shows. Um, and Allison got to tell him how much she loved the show, how much she loved him in the show. We got a picture with him uh he signed her playbill it was very nice
1: that's cool it was it was
0: really awesome um and then uh so after that we went what did we do we went to um we went to see Sweeney Todd the revival um and we and by the way like we were further back but for both shows it worked out perfectly like, when we mm-hmm. saw Camelot, it's in the Vivian Beaumont and Lincoln Center, which is kind of a smaller, it's a more intimate venue setting. I've seen a couple shows there. And yeah. um, even, like, almost in the very back, you could still see pretty, everything pretty clearly. Um, and Sweeney Todd, we were in the back corner <laughs> of the mezzanine. <laughs> I, I It was very nice, because I had some nice leg room, And honestly, it was great viewing. Um, like, if I, if I took you to see, because I know you've been... Thinking about this show, if I took you to see this show, yeah. I would take you to that spot because a that way you're away from people, but also b you get a decent view of the show. Um, I at least
1: get to enjoy myself. It, yes, you know. exactly. Agoraphobia is a bitch. Yes, <laughs> say that. Yes,
0: um, and then uh, you know, obviously Josh Groban. You know, I had never seen Josh Groban live before, and like here, like hearing him on like a CD is great. Like hearing him in person, yeah, a whole other experience.
1: The way I'm sure his voice, like the reverb, travels yes. throughout the whole theater. You know? you're just like, how like, is this real? <laughs> <laughs> I like when he was cast as Sweeney. I I, I just thought that was such a perfect choice because mm-hmm. because like I, my most of my um obviously understanding of that story come, came from watching the movie, which we talked about on the show with Allison. And, but like, obviously that what, seeing the movie got me interested in, in the show and Sweeney on Broadway is much more operatic. It literally is like an opera type voice that you want. And so the fact that he was picture, like th- 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 this felt like, this felt like it needed to happen like years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have been listening to the soundtrack on that note and uh, his, his rendition of epiphany and my friends is out fucking standing yes. um and then um what's her name ashley annalee uh,
0: annalee ashford
1: oh that's right
0: terrific annalee ashford every line shoot everybody people were laughing it was like incredible but also to like the other thing with like josh groban appearing like when he first appears to the show this is the ballad of sweetie like we could not hear it yeah. because the the eruption of applause was so was that loud
1: as uh, it needed. to It
0: be. is needed to be. Um, and then who plays Dustin in Stranger Things? I, for, I always forget his name. Um, oh yeah,
1: he because he he plays Gaten Matarazzo. Yeah, yeah, he was. He great. plays Toby.
0: Yes, yeah, he was. He was really good. Um, and I thought the production was beautiful. I love the lighting. Um, the set, the set uh, design was great. Um, I thought it was was it bloody. There are part the, the there are parts that were bloody, you know. Um, <laughs> you uh, gotta be bloody if you're got, Sweeney. Gotta be bloody, um, and also the other thing I thought was really cool, and this has been a uh, somewhat of an issue, I guess, is that some shows that like cut down on their orchestra size. So like Fandom in the West End cut down its orchestra by like half.
1: So yeah.
0: obviously it's not as big, but this is like the first time Sweeney Todd's been performed with its full like intended orchestra i think since its original production it's like a 26 mm-hmm. piece orchestra i'm pretty sure it's insane it is amazing unbelievable unfreaking believable um definitely i hope this is a revival that sticks around for a while honestly and
1: i have heard they're trying or maybe planning to do like a tour mm-hmm. of it like yeah and so if anything that might be when i get to catch it but i mean it won't be the same but It'll still be nice to at least see this this version of it oh, in yeah. some capacity yeah you know I it's just it it just it looks so cool and the music I've heard thus far has been pretty tremendous. I want them to release the whole damn soundtrack yeah because they're releasing bits and pieces on on iTunes and I'm like, give me the full thing. I need everything.
0: no if you, when you get the full thing it'll be like, at last. My arm is
1: complete. <laughs> <laughs> Swing your razor wide, sweetie.
0: <laughs> but I was also really thinking about like the Bernard Herman influence when I was listening mm-hmm. to the score. I was thinking of verti- like, Vertigo. I'm like, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, so good. good. And, then, uh. um, and then just to quickly, because I know you want uh, we got to get to your stuff. Um I, I we also I, saw. I'm glad,
1: I'm glad you're thinking about me. It's been a, it's been a
0: second. I gotta pretend <laughs> that I like you. Come on.
1: Same. Yeah. That's how we mutual, get through this. The feelings mutual. <laughs> it's, it's propelled by hate. It's like when we're at Disney together in a couple weeks. It's like, uh, oh, I don't. At least there's a castle. Oh, look at that castle. <laughs> look at that castle. That this piece of shit. Ugh, <laughs> this freaking
0: turd. I'm gonna enjoy my churro now. <laughs> Ow! Um, we also saw Hades um, which is yes. a show that Allison is obsessed with. And a lot of people are obsessed with. Had uh, she seen
1: it before? She
0: had heard, the, I think, heard the soundtrack and stuff before, at the okay. very least. Like, cause she didn't know if she was ever gonna see this show. Because this, I think, was, like, this came out, like, I think it initially came out, like, right before covid or like just like twenty nineteen, I think yeah. twenty yeah around that time. So because I
1: think because I I know it because obviously I think the same year it was up for best musical was the same year Beetlejuice came out, and so I was like, oh this right. is, this musical is pretty cool, right? Right. And then um that I think that one best musical Hades Town. It did, yeah, yeah. So I think it was twenty nineteen when that one officially came out.
0: Um. Wow, and it, it's one of those things. It's you know you ever see something and you're like some some like because something is like so like the hype is so high for something, but mm-hmm. it, it was one of those things that lived up to it. Uh, I thought that it was an exceptional production. I loved the approach. All the actors were fantastic. It was nice seeing Dorian Gray, uh, Reeve, Car- <laughs> <laughs>
1: when he wasn't Spider Man.
0: He wasn't Spider Man. <laughs> Uh, but he's, he's fantastic. The whole cast was fantastic. Uh, I got the soundtrack on CD and I got a ma- I, all these shows, I got a magnet. I like getting magnets mm-hmm. for Broadway shows. Cause it's like, I can't have the posters for the shows. Cause it's, I already have a lot of like poster space right. taken up. So it's like magnets. They're 10 10 $15. And I can just, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. your mini fridge
1: is pretty is getting pretty covered though so hopefully you got some space or at least the front looks like it's getting covered the front is definitely
0: yeah like there's some magnets i'm probably gonna move i've got some game of thrones magnets i moved to the side to make room like i did that for to make room for hades town and some Mm -hmm. of the magnets like sweeney todd and camelot i put upstairs um on our main fridge
1: um that's a it's a deserved place but it was also kind yeah it was also you want people to see it
0: yes and um, our seats were for um Hades town were really good. We were like the second row of the front mezzanine. So sort we of level, mm. like, level up above the orchestra. Uh really good, but tight squeeze by the way. Um and again, I was thinking about this too cuz like Broadway cuz it's cuz a lot of these theaters are so old and it's accessibility can be challenging for yeah. for folks. Um so it's, you know, it's tough and like literally like cuz like I've been to other shows where like the merchandise stand is like feels like its own location or like the way it is i didn't see what the orchestra merch stand looked like but like the one for, that was on the mezzanine it was like a wall basically and they pulled <laughs> stuff from the wall kind of thing it's not a complaint or anything like that it's just like if you it's get, like what they had to work with it's what they have to work with and it's a small theater. Yeah. it's under a thousand seats i was looking at the walter kerr theater oh damn it's under a thousand yeah so um i get i'm going on and on about the shows i'm so sorry um
1: no, it's okay. Listen, it's been two weeks. We have a lot to cover. We have a lot to cover. Um, <laughs>
0: but I enjoyed all three of these shows. Um, and like, what was it? Camelot. I don't, probably by the time this episode comes out, Camelot's already clo- will be all closed. It's closing July twenty third. Um, oh, so yeah, That's, yeah. It'll um, but the soundtrack most likely, yeah, yeah. You can listen to the soundtrack though. Really good, really good stuff. Um,
1: I like Philip Soup.
0: Yeah, no, she does the uh, lusty month of May uh, pretty good you know, that's that's her big song. Um, how are you doing though?
1: Oh boy. It's been a while. Oh man. Um, I'm relatively okay. I'm just in kind of like a, that's like that same old, like neutral mindset where like, I'm not one or the other. It's not a fun place to be, but, um, I had small small moments of i just need to get out of the house more i think yeah so i guess like yesterday was uh i just because we it's the first time we talked in like two weeks was yesterday yeah. <laughs> and so i'm driving to barnes and noble because the criterion sale is going on and i was like I, you know what? i need to get out of the house so i'll just go to barnes and noble and it's about 30 minutes for me to get there from where i am on uh via the highway and, uh, so I'm driving there and I'm talking to you and <laughs> I, I'm like, uh, trying to call you back cause the, the, the reception died. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I'm like, uh, um, and I get off on the wrong exit and then I'm like, oh boy, this is not where I want to be. <laughs> and so I'm like, I need to get off on the first exit and then I get off and then I just, I'm in this random part of Akron and I start driving and. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep driving straight and eventually I'll get to where I think I need to be. Because <laughs> as long as, because because I knew where I was when I got off at that exit. So at the very least, I knew that I wasn't too far from where I needed to be. Sure. And then, uh, but I, uh, for some reason, I don't know if it's the same for you, but like, whenever that does happen, like if I'm driving in an area I'm not familiar with, I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Like, like. I obviously, you know, I want to know my bearings. I want to know where I am. But, like, it's nice because it's, like, it's new. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is this has become an adventure now. Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm just driving down the street that I'm not familiar with. And um, there's, like, parks and there's different places that I just haven't seen before. I'm, like, there's, like, a hill at what I saw at one point that was, like, buildings behind it. I'm, like, this reminds me of, like... Uh, some out of state place, like what? What is going on? Am I even Ohio anymore? Right. Um, so uh, <laughs> that was that was a fun day. <laughs> and then eventually I called you back, um, which was is nice. Um, as far as like the whole week is concerned, last weekend was not was kind of like a string of bad luck. Oh my phone! I need to s- v- put my phone on vibrate. Uh See, I see it. Maybe I thought I thought I was more on the ball with this, but it's okay. You know. <laughs> another another day of Richard telling sad stories. Uh, <laughs> but I can laugh about it at least. I guess. Um <laughs> no, so last weekend was actually like it kind of sucked because it was like a lot of minor inconveniences that led to like it being just kind of like a blase weekend. Yeah. So like, um, like I burnt my hand twice, uh, once at work because, uh, we have, we have a fryer and we were trying to make these chicken tenders for a customer. And there's, it's like an automatic thing. And, uh, a basket's supposed to rise up and then it then the food falls out of like this slide into a basket and then we put it into a box and it didn't slide out of the basket so we're like what happened and i and i'm like turn it off let's open it and we open it and it turns out they fell into uh underneath the basket so oh into the bin with the hot oil so it's like oh crap okay so then i take the basket off and I, uh, my manager grabs some tongs and starts trying to fish them out and she gets a couple of them. And then she's like, I, there's, there's I swear to you, there's no more in here. And I'm like, give me, give me the tongs. So I grabbed the tongs, but I grabbed them lower and there's still hot oil on it. So that's my fault. And the irony is that, or a coincidence really, is that earlier in the day I had signed a safety sheet that said I wouldn't burn myself. <laughs> 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 I'm like, well, I, I followed it for a couple of hours, um, so um, I, grab, I I, adjust my hand, and I, I get into there, and I, all the while, by the way, as this is happening, I'm training a new person. I'm like, don't do this, <laughs> and so I finally get the other two chicken tenders, and I give them to the customer after, like, explaining the situation. They were cool with it, and so... Yeah, that was a fun day. And then when I got home at night, the second time I burnt my hand, I was using an air fryer. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I was te- When I was telling my mom all these different things that was going on, she's like, you need to slow down. <laughs>
0: That's what my mom says to me a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's going too fast. If I slow down, I'm going to fall over. Yes. But I'll try my best. Yeah. Um, one that was really bad, actually, that happened was... I, whenever I get ready for work, a lot of these seem to be work-related, whenever I get ready for work, I'm trying to uh, dry my work clothes while I take a shower, and then once I get out of the shower, I grab uh, underwear, and I grab uh, my phone, and I coat my hair, and I go back downstairs, this is getting really intimate, and then I dry my hair, and I go down to the basement, and I get my work clothes, I put them on, and I go to work. Um, but I forgot to do it initially. So I'm, I'm in my bathroom, getting ready to hop in the shower. I've taken all my clothes off. So I'm completely naked mm. <laughs> and thankfully everyone had left the house. So I was home alone and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to run down in the basement, turn the dryer on and run back upstairs and get in the shower. Um, <laughs> mind you naked, uh, <laughs> you don't need to, uh, you don't need to picture it if you don't want. No. Please don't, actually. It's probably weird. This Um, is getting worse. (laughs) So I go down to the basement. I start the dryer. I run back upstairs. I slip on one of the stairs, and I caught my arm on the wall. Now, years ago, we used to have a railing, and it broke off. And so there's this... We I don't know why we've never taken it off, but there's a piece of the old railing still connected to the wall. Oh no! It snagged me in the arm. I don't know if you could see that. I could. Obviously, see it. you guys can't, but Joey can see it. Oh. And so, thankfully, I'd gotten a tetanus shot like four years ago, so I should be fine. And nothing has happened since. So that was that was a fun day. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's all just kind of like minor, but like. Nothing majorly terrible happened. Um, you know, much worse things have happened to people in the world. Um, you know, people are sick, people are grieving and but so it's, it's my my, my true. it's bad, but but still. I it's I'm it still sucks. here.
0: It sucks, but yeah. I'm glad that you are. Yes, I'm glad you're here.
1: <laughs> I'm still here. That's a Treasure Planet reference. Um <laughs> Um, outside of that, I haven't been doing too much. I know it's not going to be. It might have already happened by the time this comes out, but we have another little skit coming out, and I sang another song, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and I picked up a whole bunch of movies recently. Ooh! I got like I have I have them all like organized in this stack right now, so I can't. I got the Truman Show. Oh. Speaking of bad stories, here's another bad story, and then I'll be done. <laughs> this this is a this is a very um, first world problem thing. So uh, okay. <laughs> compared compared to the other stuff where I got hurt, yeah, yeah, yeah. this one's a first world situation. Mm. So um, I ordered a copy of the Truman Show on 4K, which looks incredible, by the way, um, and it's a great movie. Um, that was supposed to show up on uh, last Saturday, and uh, I get a notice from my Best Buy app that uh the mailbox was either too uh full or the item itself was too big for it to fit. So they left a notice in the mailbox and uh, I just have to reschedule the delivery, which sucks, but I'm like, okay, I don't th- I don't think the package was too big because I've gotten a lot of packages from Best Buy before and, or spe- specifically movies. Right. And also our my mailbox is, like, freaking huge. <laughs> it's like a garage. It's the garage of mailboxes. Mm. Um, but I'm like, and plus, you, Postal Service has too much shit going on, so I'm not going to, like, throw a fit about this. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'll go down, get the mail, see, see all this mail that I got that prevented the package from showing up and get the notice and then, you know, reschedule whatever I need to do. I go down in the mailbox and there was a whopping two envelopes, (laughs) two regular envelopes and a bunch of open, empty negative space (laughs) and no notice whatsoever. (laughs) And I'm like, I I was like, what the actual fuck? (laughs) Where's all this mail I was expecting? Mm. And where's this notice that was supposed to be in here? uh so i was i was a bit upset but it didn't last very long but i was like what the hell um and then i eventually got the movie on monday with another movie i ordered and they both fit perfectly in the mailbox oh my gosh so yeah that was that was pretty annoying but again it was a very first world issue um so uh i got the truman show (laughs) long story short it's very good um, I also got on 4K uh, Upgrade, oddly enough, a upgrade copy <laughs> of Upgrade on 4K, nice. which is a amazing movie, and I, I would love to get it on the show at some point. Uh, Lee Whannell wrote and directed it, who did the Invisible Man film we talked about in our second episode we ever did on this show. Yeah, it's, it's kind of wild. It's pretty crazy. Um, I got Creep Show, which I've watched once. And I was not as into it Uh, because like it's you got George Romero and you got Stephen King. It should be like a great time. And it's like based on like Tales of the Crypt type stuff. Yeah. Like old 50s horror comics. Um, But watching it this time, I, I think I had much more of an appreciation for it. And it's, it's got, like, a bunch of people in it. Like, Ed Harris is in it. Oh, I completely wow. forgot about that. Like, where did he come from? Yeah. Leslie Nielsen's in it. Mm. And it's, because I think it was around that time he started doing more, like, comedic stuff. Like, like all the parody stuff that he did. And yet he's playing this, like, very, like, stern, like, somewhat charming villain character. Opposite Ted fucking Danson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, this is wild that this exists. Mm. Um, but I like it a lot actually. Yeah, yeah. I liked it a lot more now than I did before. Well, good. But uh, speaking of movies, I think even though that's kind of the whole point of our entire show, this episode specifically is really like kind of a celebration of movies in many respects because we're talking about two movies that are. Very much, like, aware of uh, their genres. Very much aware of maybe even their franchises they're involved in. Have something to say. Um, and it's it's pretty crazy. And our first movie is, is a little bit sillier, a little bit funnier than our second one. And it's from a director we've talked about on this show before, John McTiernan. And it stars an actor that everybody knows, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Gesundheit. Thank you. <laughs> Joe Dinny Dan. It's been a while. How you doing? It's nice to see you. Um, what is our what is our first feature for this episode?
0: I- I'm going to do this in in the spirit of a song from a really good animated movie. <laughs> Are you ready? I,
1: you haven't even done it, and I'm already like, what? <laughs>
0: who is your favorite last action hero who is your favorite last
1: action hero i i got to applaud but that. that was just that's just good stuff thank you thank you that's good stuff um last the last jedi i mean
0: last action hero
1: we're going back to episode 10
0: never a good place to be um, <laughs> but, uh, what's funny about this was this, was this felt like a pretty somewhat last minute, um, addition to our program, mm-hmm. which sometimes th- that can be pretty good. Honestly, like when we shake things up, it's nice to be mm-hmm. looking forward to an episode, but it's sometimes nice when one of us comes up and says, Hey, we should do this as a pairing. And we're like, that was me. Yeah. This was you this week. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you, you uh, you came up with this pairing for this week, um, and out of the two movies, this one I have seen before. Last Action Hero.
1: Yeah, that's that was sort of the that was sort of the sell. Like whenever I pitch a move, whenever I pitch a double feature anymore, it's literally just an excuse for me to want to like show you a movie. But I'm also like, I'm gonna show to ask see if he wants to wa- like pair it with a movie that I know he's enjoyed before, mm-hmm. or. Or at least I know it's a movie that you've seen before, but I actually thought you'd seen this like multiple times, so I was surprised like this was the second time you've ever seen it. Yeah. 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 And uh, plus I feel sorry. Um, I feel like uh the previous idea before this episode came out I liked. But I, I like I kinda like that we're in this kind of moment where we're talking about all these kind of like silly fun movies. I didn't really want to kill the momentum with as much as I I we do need to get that episode that previous episode in. I don't want to spoil it, but it both movies are quite sad. Yeah.
0: I think we'll <laughs> so, we'll save that um at some point obviously. Um yeah. but yeah, Last Action Hero, it's kind of funny because i had heard of the movie and then I so I'm going to give this a shout out to Feehan because he is mm-hmm. the reason I own this movie. He got it for Did he buy it me, for he you? He bought it for me yeah. for one of my birthdays. He bought me a bunch of movies, and I'm like, "That's cool." I, as uh, Last Action Hero was, was not even like a movie. That I'm like, "Oh, I've been dying to see this." Because I was like, "Okay, so did you
1: did you know it? You you said you knew it existed, yes. but you just never got around. Okay,
0: I never got around to like watching. I didn't know the full like gist of it. And like when I watched it, my mind was blown at the at the premise. I'm like, "This is like the coolest shit," honestly. <laughs> I've uh, also been meaning to get the 4K as well. Um, Got to get. That's it. what I watched it on. Yeah. Uh, no. But you know, and because I do like Arnold, but it, but but like Arnold is not like, you know, how do I put this? It, it, it's like it's Arnold's like a, an entity that I appreciate, but he is not like my favorite. Like movie. Yeah. Star. Um, I'm, and I nothing against him as as a movie star either. Like I and I think what's great about Arnold is that he's willing to lean into. Himself a little bit, yeah, and yeah, and then, there's you got to respect it, like, like that, that, that's where a lot of like the fun, some of the f- most fun moments come from. And I don't know if every star would would want to do something like that, like, like the joke that we had, the tight with his name, because <laughs> he's like Arnold <laughs> Braunschweizer or something, <laughs> <laughs> it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, gazuntite, <laughs> <Gesundheit.
1: laughs> you're him, you're Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but yeah this movie is a lot of fun it, it's it's like okay so you have this this little boy little boy we're gonna quickly just go over this just because
1: yeah it's important to i think this is the case for both these movies it's it's important to understand like what's going on because the the, the concepts are pretty crazy
0: yeah so <laughs> yeah uh, um little boy danny Danny.
1: Danny. I like how we have two D-named little kids in our adult feature. (laughs) I just realized that. (sighs) Um, yes. But also... Danny, big movie fan. Danny's a huge movie fan.
0: Especially, especially, um, of the the Jack Slater movies. With...
1: Which, if you haven't seen them, I totally recommend You should check them out. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: (laughs) We're going to talk about all the episodes, um... We're actually going to bring in Kenny on that one. He's an expert. <laughs> uh, he wrote he wrote the unofficial uh, encyclopedia of Jack Slater, actually. So,
1: and the novelization and, of the first movie,
0: and the novelization, which is kind mm. of amazing because I don't even know if he was alive. <laughs> <laughs> I think he
1: was, but somehow he made it work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just Kenny. He's a very talented dude. Uh, you know, if Kenny's could, fantastic. If any if anybody could find a way to break the laws of space and time. It's Kenny. It's probably Kenny. But anyway, <laughs> speaking of breaking the laws of space and time, Danny loves movies, all right? And then, oh, yeah. And there's this kindly older projectionist named Nick. I'm just looking over my notes because it's been a second since we guys yeah. watched this. Yeah. Um, but, and they, they get a lo- You know, it's kind of fun. Like, it's it's nice. I like it in kids' yeah. movies where, like, kids have health, like, healthy relationships with, with adults, adults. Who, are, who are not their parents. And it's
1: it's like when you're a kid and I don't know if, I mean, I, I, I've had this in some instances, but like, you know, you go to a store frequently and there's like an older guy that runs the store or, and yes. you know, you become chummy with them. It's like, it happens a lot, especially if you're like a collector, if you go to comic book stores, you go anywhere like that, you know, you'll tend to get, especially if it's just you, you yes. know, you'll, you'll get a pretty good rapport with the people that work there and then you become friends.
0: Yep. Yeah. And it's nice. Um, but beyond that, you know, he gives him this, this, this magical ticket,
1: mm-hmm. this ticket
0: and, and then little Danny finds himself inside of a Jack Slater action movie.
1: And he's like, this is a movie set. This is a movie set. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but what's, but what's so great is that obviously like this little boy is aware of like the cliches and like how these movies go. So he's able to, like, predict things as they happen, and you're like, this is the greatest detective! What
1: is this? <laughs> or even, like, things that are obviously, like, fake. Like, there's a there's a cartoon cat voiced by Danny DeVito in the yes. film, and he's like, there's a cartoon cat, like, walking into the police station, which, by the way, the police station looks like, like, amazing. <laughs> So weird. <laughs> it's so weird. It looks like how you would think police stations look because of how much money they get. But <laughs> I, I don't want to be the one to say it. But I,
0: have you to... guys, have a budget for a cartoon cat? I don't. Jesus want to Christ!
1: Okay, come on. And then like you know, he literally... points, he, he points it out, <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, he's supposed to do that." Now shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but oh my god it's it's so great um we also got to we have to mention somebody who i know we've at least talked about him because he was in godzilla king of the monsters
1: that's right yeah I'm but in, in our personal life we've definitely talked about him outside of the show in the show i think that might be it
0: yeah as far because again like some some of us we know him you know him on tv T, tv as tywin lannister this is mm-hmm. charles freaking dance
1: Maybe we'll talk about Dracula Untold one day. <laughs> I doubt it, but maybe you, he is—he is so good in that movie, though he is he, really good. He—he
0: he, he knows what movie he should be in,
1: <laughs> should be. Mm-hmm. Keyword, but in this he, one, he, he, <laughs> in this one, he plays like the the main villain, and he plays like effectively like a James Bond villain. Yes. He has a, he has a glass eye that changes all the time. There's one that's like a target. There's one that's like a smiley face. There's one that's like a like a cat like red cat devil eye looking thing. Yeah. Um. And, and uh, he's like a he's like the top henchman for like this uh drug kingpin guy, and he just hates him because he's like he's the guy like constantly like flubs sayings, and then he'll correct him under his breath and call him a buffoon. Yes. <laughs> But he's, I forget the character's name. Um, what, what's, what's the character's name?
0: For Charles Dance? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Benedict.
1: That's right. That sounds like a villain name.
0: I also want to mention, um, Anthony Quinn, who plays Tony Vivaldi. That's the, yeah. Who gets the, and and Anthony Quinn is like a legendary fucking actor too. Like whenever we get, he's a big part of, when we get to Lawrence of Arabia, Mm -hmm. he's a big part, he's a big part of that movie, um. I actually see him in a couple... I got an anime Wong box set. He was in a couple of those. Like, his career was like oh. a, lo- a long-ass fucking time.
1: And you then know. he was a last-action hero. Last Dude,
0: he's in some... He's in La Stra- Like, f- fucking <laughs> Fellini. <laughs> he's in, like, 30s movies when he's in Yellow Face, which is not great. No. Uh, but <laughs> the opportunity... It was weird. He. It, he's an interesting actor to talk about, but, like, he's mm-hmm. in a- Last Action Hero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Like, come on! That's, pre- that's pretty freaking cool, honestly. When I realized I was him, I'm like, oh my god.
1: <laughs> He's in Jack Slater 4. Oh,
0: man. Oh, man. Truly uh, the peak. Hon- well, it's honestly a great movie. But anyway. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of fun. But also John McTiernan is a great director.
1: hmm uh, You know? It, it's sort of great, because like, I feel like... Clearly John McTiernan, at least with a couple of, like, three movies specifically that come to mind, has something to say about the action genre. Mm. Because, like, before, because, like, when Predator came out, that, in many ways, was a commentary on the action genre, the way it was presented with these muscular dudes like, like Arnold Schwarzenegger playing in movies like Commando, um... And yet, you know, the whole premise of the movie is let's get all these guys in a situation where they're scared. <laughs> it's a it's a
0: it's a slasher movie, but where the sl- the victims are like guys should not be who, action figures action figures. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so like that feels like it's it's a commentary on the action genre. And then it's like, well, you know, if you think this is a, if you think this is an issue, then, you know, put your money where your mouth is. And he makes Die Hard. (laughs) And you're like, yeah! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) That makes a lot of sense! (laughs) And then it's like, hold on, I got a little bit more to say, but I'm going to go a little... Because now that I've proved myself, I'm going to go full tilt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And just really... Like, if you guys didn't get it the first time, I'm gonna go really thick with it. Like, when Arnold shows up, he's walking on the roofs of cop cars. He's got cowboy boots on and a fucking buckle on his on his belt. And he's smoking his stogie like Arnold always does. And he, the, the the police chief is just screaming like like inaudible dialogue at him. Slater!
0: What are you doing? Get me doing that, Slater! Uh, what are you doing? Give me your
1: badge, Slater! And he just tosses the badge. He crushes the walkie-talkie.
0: <laughs> uh, Frank McRae, by he's the so way, good, so good. May he rest in peace. Passed away, I think, a couple years ago.
1: Oh, um, that yeah, sucks. And apparently, he
0: was he also played? He was in football in the NFL for a period of time. Oh, he played six oh. games with the Chicago Bears. The Bears, the Bears. Um, so yeah, pretty neat. Uh. I mean, it's just who else? Like, F. Murray Abraham going to mention. Obviously, there's the the shit. He that... he plays
1: practice in the film. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, there's that shit that's going on. If you don't know, look it up. Uh, yeah. I also that's it. I love the I love the gag with like with referencing Amadeus. It just it's an Amadeus. Killed, fan. Yeah. <laughs> great great movie. Um, but also you just...
1: you said you killed Amadeus. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I killed a lot of people.
0: Oh, it's so great.
1: Um, I like the but... I like the bit when the kid's trying to prove it's a it's he's in a movie and they go to a blockbuster or like mm. a video store and it's like it's not even that like all the women in the movie within the movie are like overtly attractive is that they're made to look even more attractive by wearing like the skimpiest outfits, quite literally <laughs> like latex in various colors. All kinds of spikes and BDSM stuff, right. like it, it looks like a Frank Miller comic. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Um, and uh, he walks in there, and the the person working at the front desk looks like she walked out of a German BDSM dungeon. Uh, just mm-hmm. so she can, she can get to her day job but she forgot to change clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and they see the cardboard cut out for Terminator 2 Judgment Day and it's Sylvester Stallone. No, that's supposed to be you. That's his best performance. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was really good. I also love that he, he plays um in Hamlet, uh, in Hamlet. Oh in, yeah. in in uh, Danny's vision. <laughs> <a dream. laughs> Which
1: I feel like that joke got like it makes me it like, because th- they did something similar in, like, what? Uh, fairly, fairly Odd, odd. Parents? Yes. Yeah.
0: To be or not to be. Not to be. be ANNIHILATED! Annihilated! <laughs> <laughs> or in this one, it's just to be or not to not be. Not to be. Not to be. <laughs> not to be. <laughs> and also. Who said
1: like, I was fair? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: i i also love that arnold also plays arnold
1: <laughs> yes. and then it, it, like when it gets to the like premiere for jack slater for it, it turns into like you feel like they were trying to push for planet hollywood a little bit this is the big old thing in Times square oh. <laughs> and he's like don't talk about the restaurant but i got to talk about the restaurant <laughs>
0: You know what's another thing I really liked about this movie too is like it's it, it it, it's an interesting thing because like when you're a kid and you like these action heroes like one example for me is Indiana Jones right yeah yeah like, and you like oh my god yes he's doing the adventures and you also like when you rewatch those movies as an adult you realize like there are certain ways where Indiana Jones is kind of a piece of shit <laughs> uh, you know his <think> relationship <laughs> with Marion in, in like, yeah in the backstory and Raiders which
1: which doesn't help when like the students are like fawning over him and they're like the, like we'll talk more about obviously that, yes but yeah no i get yeah yeah keep
0: but going, and sorry. jack slater isn't perfect in this mm. movie he's had divorces he i don't think his relationship with his kid is the best no movie.
1: it's like i just want her to be a normal teenager but she wants to she could strip a whip and, and like two seconds flat why is she not a <laughs> what is going on? Or like, I love to the. I'm sorry. They just go to the apartment, and yeah. it's empty. It's no furniture, and there's just a guy in the closet. <laughs> like, what a life! Just <laughs>
0: but like, but I-, I think that's also interesting too to comment on these things because, like, when you watch these movies, you're like, oh my god, I want to be like this guy. He's so bad. But it's actually if you actually live that lifestyle. It, it's would, it would actually miserable. be
1: miserable. It would be awful. <laughs> I, I pay a guy to call me and pretend he's my wife. <laughs> Why would she? Ha- She's happily married in another, in another part of the country. <laughs> the Arnold impression's getting worse as I do it, so I apologize. <laughs> That's what makes it so endearing, though. It's amazing. <laughs> I like that his closet was quite literally just the same outfit. Mm hmm. Because again, that yes. also makes you think like, because w- there's definitely times like I'll watch like an action movie and think, what did this guy, what does this people have time to like go to the bathroom or like to yeah. do any sort of like mundane task?" Because obviously it's not interesting to show in a movie unless there's like a context to it. Right. But um, like you-, you see him in his apartment, it's, he's got no time to have furniture or a TV or anything. He just has a bed and a closet with full of the same outfit and guns. <laughs> yeah and a guy that he has to kill yep. <laughs> so it's like ugh. um but yeah it, it's such an interesting because it really is like you know trying to you know when you really get the full con it's like james bond too i think about because mm-hmm. like james bond you know he's such a cool spy he's got all these women and then i i think all the time how many shots has he gotten <laughs> from all of his exploits Tetanus. Any STD, I mean, like, like when you really want to, when you put more into their life than is depicted on screen, that's when it starts to get strange. But I love how when he comes into the real world and he's like,
0: "Oh my god,
1: is this Mozart? <laughs> this is amazing." Yes. Um, or even when Charles Dance comes comes in the real world and he shoots a guy and he just goes excuse me i have shot someone (laughs) and i'd like to confess shut up down there that
0: was really funny (laughs) but i also love speaking of like you know the real world stuff i love what he's he's. it's almost like he almost gets into like a relationship with danny's mom (laughs) (laughs) but it's like one of those things too like again i can speak to this too it's like you want the action hero to be your dad like, <laughs> yeah, it, Harry, I'm like, man, I wish Harrison Ford, like, rest in peace, with my dad. But I wish Harrison Ford was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> I did not expect that. No, like, but, oh, I, but I think but that, that's it's fair, it's fair, but I it's think, just yeah, in context, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, if I said it. I think it would be bad, but at least you said it.
0: No, and I think it's, I think, again, like, that's, like, the, speak. Uh, not that we want a gender, but, like, bo- like the male, like, boy fantasy of yeah. This stuff. There's, yeah, there's,
1: there's a heavy amount of that, because, like, you know, the action, like, again, when G.I. Joe came out, it was like, no, we're not dolls, we're action figures, you know? And so, like, little boys especially at that time you know especially within that you know way i'm sure they were making the movie see someone like say arnold schwarzenegger or jack slater in the context of the movie they're like even danny watching the movie is like jack jack slater would never die jack slater knows exactly what he's doing come on Mm -hmm. and he's like fawning over the daughter uh who's um obviously incredibly beautiful but could kick a lot of ass yes and so he's like, "Huh." and then like the first thing that happens is she kisses him and he's like, this is the peak of my life. <laughs> it will never get better from here. Oh
0: my God. I, I, I love the funeral scene at the top of the building. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's not dead. <laughs> and he tells everybody to look over there.
1: <laughs> he just runs. He falls into the tar pits. And it's uh, a big fart bubble that comes out at the time. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's so strange to watch the movie. No, like, you watch Predator and you watch Die Hard and you're like... I mean, granted, I haven't seen other John McTiernan movies to, like, make the connection, but, like, this definitely feels, like, at times, like an airplane kind of situation. Yeah. Oh, and... Yeah. But at least I at least I enjoy this one. Because... Uh, I think that's the big thing too when it comes to a lot of like parodies because there's a lot of parody in this. I think one thing I hate that parody can fall into that trap too, fall into this like trap is that it's hateful Mm. and it doesn't come from like a place. That's why I think I love like Lego Batman so much because it's a parody of Batman, but it, it's like a love letter at the same time. They
0: clearly love Batman. And I think that's, true of this movie like
1: yeah like they like like John McTiernan wouldn't have this much of a passion and a, and, a, and a thing to say about the action genre if he didn't love it
0: yeah
1: or have an interest in it to to any degree and so I watch this movie and it's and it's like yeah he leans into a lot of the, like stereotypes but it's still fun to watch it's like yeah. the whole opening sequence as ridiculous as it is it's still fun to watch and so it's like it's it, it it it's it's it comes from a place of love, whereas like other spoof type movies, like the scary movies, don't. So,
0: no. Um, but I also I also mentioned too, the story is done by Zach Penn and Adam Leff. and then the screenplay,
1: oh. uh,
0: Shane Black,
1: <laughs>
0: David Arnot. Uh, Last Action <laughs> Hero is goddamn incredible. Um, honestly, it's
1: it's like I feel like it's a great like period at the end of the sentence of like this whole commentary thing on action that I think John McTiernan had. Mm -hmm. so like again like going back to the original point like predator felt like he's going okay but what if we made like yeah it's cool to see these dudes wreck shit but let's see them get wrecked yes and see what happens and yeah but arnold still gets like his one-liners and he still gets to be the hero at the end and be like a badass but like he earns it this time um, not that he, I mean, I've never seen Commando or any, so I can't speak for Commando's it, but fun.
0: It, it, it's a fun enough, like, sort of like, Hey, I, I'm going to rent this at Blockbuster kind of thing. And it's just like, <laughs> it's
1: like, you know, I shocked you. You are dead now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it, at least for like when you watch Predator, he earns that. And then, yeah. um, Die Hard, I mean, Die Hard changed the action genre. There's so many movies that I mean, mimic Die
0: Hard. Die Hard's just a shorthand, like die hard on a plane, die hard in this environment, you know, it's sort of like, like obviously there are other like contained, like sort of movies, but like Die Hard sort of like changed the way some people view that with an action story. Yeah.
1: And, um, and then this one, it's just like, well, I've said my piece, but now I'm gonna have fun with it. Yeah. And so he leans into the cliches while comment, making commentary on them. And yet, the thing is, we have the we have Danny, who's sort of a mouthpiece character. He's our he's our in to this whole crazy premise, and nothing he says comes from a point of content. It comes from a, a point a point of actual like interest, right? Yes. And so he so he's a character like like when he goes, "I'm on a movie set," there's excitement there, mm-hmm. or like even when there's a, a literal stick of dynamite in front of him, he's like. Oh my god. <laughs> um so like like even when the even when like things are getting dire in the movie he's still having like the best time ever. The only thing that I I can't I can't not think about though is like at the end of the movie um after Slater has come back from the real world and you know we have that um amazing like final sequence on the rooftop um that sort of mimics the opening scene with the uh the axe dude. Yeah. And then of course Ian McKellen uh, uh <laughs> shows up as death from uh Seven Seal <laughs> <He's> So good So <laughs> <laughs> Ian McKellen as death from the Seven Seal. Yeah. Um so good. Um <laughs> I was just curious about this place. (laughs) Is it secret? Is it safe?
0: (laughs) You humans and your guns.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Ian McKellen's fantastic. Um, Ian
0: McKellen is fantastic. This movie is fantastic. This movie is fantastic. You know, it's, it's... It's so great, honestly. It's like... I was thinking about Terminator Two a lot watching this because there's like Arnold and the boy, basically, and you know, I just think of this the weird smile, thing. the weird smile, <laughs> and Terminator Two is an amazing movie. It's an amazing action movie. It is, and we it big, needs a better 4K. It needs better 4K. We're big Jimmy C fans over here, but uh, if you haven't I, figured it out by now, but I think last action hero is just such a great thing. It feels ahead of its time <laughs> in, in a weird way.
1: It does. Like, um, yeah. like action has changed, obviously, through the years, and we went through the whole, like, born Identity, Quick Cut era, and then, you know, now we're in kind of the John Wick era, um, with action scenes being the way that they are, um, which I'm a fan of, admittedly. Mm-hmm. And so, but it doesn't, I don't, it in no way changes the point of the movie, or like yeah. the, the, the effect that the movie has. Absolutely. And it's genuinely a lot of fun. I remember, like, cause you talked about, you know, being introduced to it through Feehan. I remember when I was a kid, and, I, and the only thing I ever... Because I actually had, like, a Jack Slater action figure, mm-hmm. oddly enough. Um, and I remember um, seeing some of the toys, like, on the shelf, or, like, some of the toys um, at flea markets later on. Mm. And... Um, I always remembered the scene at the end of the movie when Ian McKellen shows up, which I didn't know it was Ian McKellen at the time because I hadn't seen like X-Men and was like, oh, Magneto. Like right, I had right. no frame of reference. Um, and I always remembered uh, the, the the axe dude and just how creepy he was and it, uh, like the the image of him stuck in my brain. And I was like always scared of like yellow raincoats. <laughs> and then when he gets shocked and he goes, "I'll be back." Yeah. You know? Uh um but I was always curious to revisit it and I this just felt like a good opportunity to do that with.
0: Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad we decided to do that. Um and I think on that note, we're going to take a brief intermission and when we come back, <sighs> shh Richard, wake up!
1: Oh, jeez! Oh, oh, Joey. Now, I think folks. I had a nightmare.
0: Folks, put on your nightlight. Stay tuned.
1: we are back! Welcome back to Two Dudes One Double Feature. In our last segment, we talked about Last Action Hero. And now, we are moving on to something a little bit more scary. Something a little bit more spooky. Something a little bit more I can't think of another word. (laughs)
0: It's just about as silly in certain respect it is <laughs>
1: I, was, I was trying to build some tension, but you know, you can only do so much. Yeah. <laughs> you try, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, but now, we are continuing our conversation of movies that that are maybe that are very self-aware. let's just say that. Joe Denny Dan. What is our second feature today?
0: We are talking about, we are talking about, we are talking not, about. Wes, not Wes Craven's old nightmare.
1: No, we did that already.
0: We, we did that already, okay? <laughs> we, we, that's, we're not talking about his, his screams, all right? Well, that's coming while, up. That's coming up. It is. We talked about his first one though with that, so that's a whole we other did. thing. We did, we did, we did. And again, we're not talking about his old nightmare. We're talking about <laughs> Wes Craven's new nightmare.
1: Oh, oh,
0: which is a movie that was discussed a lot on film Twitter when Matrix Resurrections came out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was actually, yeah. It it has that very similar vibes. That's for sure. Which, uh, is especially showing it to you for the first time, that's a, that's a that's a win already. <laughs> that's that's a, the high selling point.
0: Um, is making me think of the, um, the 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 our Hitler episode because we had like the producers a sort of like a required reading kind of <laughs> kind of thing. It's not an officially part of the episode. I think Matrix Resurrections qualifies for that in this episode. It <laughs> is, could, yeah, it's a similar kind of thing it, to an extent. Um, you know, and I, this was one I was very curious about for a while. And I knew at some point we were going to talk about it. So that's why I didn't watch it. Like, <laughs> the, people are like, oh, you haven't watched this yet. And I'm like, yeah, I gotta, I'm gonna wait for the show so we can like, you know, get yeah. fresh. Uh, it, 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 it,
1: we anticipated it and that we yeah. actually just watched this too. So it's, we don't have to like pull things from memory. Yeah, exactly. So, so this,
0: Will hopefully be a more concise conversation than the last one wasn't. Yeah, the the other one was fun though. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, but new nightmare is (laughs) it's literally like the people from Nightmare on Elm Street are the (laughs) care like the actors are the characters in this movie, and then you know, Wes has a a new Wes has a new script. Which is this movie.
1: <laughs> okay. Let's start from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <So, laughs> do the Spider- Spider-Verse thing. All right. Let's start from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> and I am um, the only
0: Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> And I am the
1: one and only Freddy Krueger. <laughs> 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 ha. Um, nah, I'm <laughs> nah! I'll do my own thing. <laughs> there's a there's a cartoon pig, Freddy Krueger, hi, <laughs> <laughs> voiced by John Mulaney. <laughs> One, two, Freddy's coming for
0: you. I'll have the <sighs> to reach my match my reach my fingertips just so I can feel something. <laughs>
1: You know, on that note, Nick Cage would make a great, like, revived Freddy Krueger. I would just oh, throw that out there. So, that'd be so fucking funny. <laughs> he'd, he'd have such a great time with that. Um, yes. So, okay. So, just, again, this, this is one of those movies that needs explained. So, there is some spoilers. Um. So basically, this movie takes place in the real world. Whereas um, all the other Nightmare on Elm Streets took place within the movie universe, you know, with uh, all of the characters. Joey, for context, has only seen the first one because we talked about it in our West Craven episode, Returning West Craven, um, uh, that we did with Wykey a while ago. And so uh, for this one, thankfully, all you really need to know is that first movie and that there were others. That's literally it. This is effectively like a legacy movie that's aware it's a legacy movie. (laughs) It's like kind of like it feels almost like a better version of the kind of stuff we've been getting. Um, But basically it's set so much further into the future after the Nightmare on Elm Street movies are finished. Freddy's Dead came out. Freddy died. The franchise is over. New lines moved on. They're doing like the Austin Powers movies. They're With Warner Brothers now, you know, they're doing their thing. Um, Heather Langenkamp, who played Nancy in the first film, Nancy Thompson in the first film, um, she's back as herself in this film. And uh, she's doing TV shows as an actor. She has a son named Dylan, who's not, let's say, uh, well. And uh, um, he's gone through some things. And she, she has her husband, who is a movie effects guy, and the movie starts, like any of these movies do, in a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And so, basically, the whole, the whole premise of this movie is that, as Joey was explaining, um, Wes Craven has been writing a script for a brand new nightmare movie because New Line Cinema, frickin' Bob Shea, Robert Shea, shows up in this movie as himself, which is, I mean, he has a cameo in all the movies, but it's just funny that he's in this movie as himself. Uh, (laughs) But um, they've been wanting to do another Freddy movie, and they brought Wes Craven back, and so Wes Craven, as himself, um, is effectively writing a new script. Um, And they want Heather Lankacamp to play Nancy again. But she's got reservations because she's got a family now her son she uh, needs to look out for him and plus because she is nancy thompson and she's a, a big part of this franchise that has obviously millions of fans of all ages as we see in the movie um and in real life really um she is She was always attached to this franchise, so sometimes, and this is an incredibly unfortunate thing that still happens, but it's worse now with the internet, um, she gets phone calls from fans that are, like, really creepy. I think, don't quote me on this, but I think that actually did happen, and they put that in the movie or something, I don't remember, um, we can look that up later, maybe, but, um, she gets all these phone calls, so she's a bit hesitant to make the movie. In the meantime, she's having these nightmares, Um, that are, you could argue are brought about, brought, brought about because of all the earthquakes that are happening in California, um, which there's quite a few. And I think that was also an inspiration for the movie because, um, I think if there's an earthquake going on it like you can have like a, a strange nightmare, like it's a phenomenon or something. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was part of the inspiration. So like, there's all these earthquakes and it's partially with all these other things why Heather's been getting all these nightmares, But they're all very Freddy-centric nightmares. Yeah. And it turns out other people are having Freddy-centric nightmares, including Wes Craven. And so, as this movie plays out, she's basically being haunted by Freddy Krueger. But he looks a little bit different than you might recognize him. You know, his his face is not so much like Burns as it is like scars and more demonic looking. He has... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because that was one thing we, we were watching this with Allison. Uh, yeah, you know, and it was interesting looking at it because it definitely what I was definitely one thing I noticed was it definitely looked different from other ver- other versions of Freddy Krueger that we've seen in the past, and I think demonic is a good way to put it because it feels like Freddy Krueger is like the personification of evil. Yes. In this. Yes. Uh, you know, which I think is inter- is interesting, and he's not that funny. In the, he has maybe one or two like jokes yeah in quotes but nothing like you know more i think it's more of a menace on some level
1: you get you get a taste of like old Freddy in that interview scene <clears throat> when heather langenkamp's on like a talk show and then robert england pops out as like a surprise guest and he's dressed as freddie and he has one of those his like freddie one-liners we'll do lunch <laughs> like that whole yes. that whole thing mm. Um, right, I was actually pretty good. I'm proud of myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice very job, egot, lot, big ego on me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you get a bit of a taste of that. But this this version of Freddy in this movie is very different. He's very demonic. He's even even the iconic glove is not even a glove. It's like this weird contraption. It's like the way they sort of I imagine they were going to describe it, is that, like, he cut his own hand off and put, like, a robotic hand on, and then muscle tissue and and veins and all this stuff grew over it. And so it's effectively, like, five razors instead of four. And it's got, like, bone on it. It's really menacing looking, actually. It looks literally like claws. It's not even, like, finger knives. It's literally claws. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, basically Heather LegenCamp, the character in the movie. This is another strange thing about this is that this is definitely one of those movies where we have to emphasize the character in the film. Yeah. Because, um, this movie is so meta and so like, it's kind of like if we ever talk about this is the end, because everyone plays themselves in that movie, but like to some exaggerated extent... And it's probably, it would be really hard to be like, and so Seth Rogen was flying to heaven. <laughs> it's like when we were doing the, the Crimson Peak episode, <laughs> it's like, Tom Hiddleston, stop it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. um, but uh, just to quickly, um, I was looking at Wikipedia and you were saying, mentioning about like an obsessed fan. Mm-hmm. Apparently this was something that happened after she did the, the sitcom, Just the Ten of Us. Okay. Uh, she was stalked by an obsessed fan who was unhappy the series was canceled, leading to her temporarily moving to England.
1: Oh, so, okay, so there is some basis, okay.
0: There, there is some, uh, there is some basis, and that is, I can't imagine, like, that is a scary, you know, like, that's a scary thing.
1: Listen, it's okay to be a fan, it's one thing to just appreciate someone for their work, it's another thing when you're going that far with it, and just... it's that's fucking scary and i think about that too a lot with like like i was saying like the internet and like probably all the dms that celebrities get and like you know voice messages or whatever and it's like you know there's more interaction now with you know your favorite actors or your favorite musicians and sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's you know not over the over the top but at the same time it's like genuinely scary yeah yeah
0: yes absolutely
1: so it's a very real thing um Mm. and so what was i talking about i lost my train of thought oh
0: (laughs) my! everybody's getting these like fret like these these fret like nightmares and and such you know specifically the
1: little boy dylan little boy Mm -hmm. who's played by what's his name Mika, mika miko hughes miko hughes who's you you might not know his name, but you'll definitely know his face because he's been in so many things in the '90s. You know, Full House. He was in, um, uh, I, Kindergarten Cop. I believe he's in. Like he's like he's one of those like recognizable faces for me. But this is the one I think I know him from the most. Mm-hmm. Was doing this one. I think he's in Pet Cemetery too. Now that I'm thinking about it. He
0: is. He's also in Apollo 13. Spawn. Um, he is in Spawn. A, yep. And he was in, he was, he played Aaron in Full House from 1990 through 1995.
1: Look at me go. At me go man. <laughs> nice,
0: nicely, nicely done.
1: Nicely remembered. Um, but yeah, Dylan um, is having a lot of, and he sleepwalks too, It should also be pointed out. Um, he's having a lot of nightmares about Freddy Krueger and his mom's, like, trying to protect him, but obviously there's only so much that she can do, and she's trying her best. Um, and he does have his stuffed dinosaur, Rex, mm-hmm. which, you know, true 90s kid being the big dinosaur fan that he is. Um, and uh, Rex is, like, his guard to keep Freddy at bay, or the man with the claws, as he calls him. Um, and so she's, she's freaking out. She's scared for her kid. She has no idea what's going on how this made-up character from her from a movie she was in years ago is bothering her this much and so um people start dying her husband dies co-workers die um the babysitter dies as they do um in horror movies um and so she talks to Wes Craven while he's writing the script and basically this is this is where thankfully this is a giant amount of info is dumped on us. It's an info dump for sure. But if there's anyone that's going to do it, it's the director. (laughs) And so um, we learn that the reason the Freddy Krueger movies exist is because Freddy himself is a evil entity in the real world. Mm -hmm. And so in order to keep the evil entity at bay, they trap him inside stories. And so through through the first... Nightmare on Elm Street all the way to Freddy's Dead, Freddy was kept at bay and stayed in stayed in the realm of fiction until he was killed off in Freddy's Dead. And so now that the franchise is over, we fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Wes Craven, who initially kicked this whole thing off, could write a new movie to trap him in. And oddly enough, the script he's writing is the movie we're watching. <laughs> So there's a lot of, a lot of meta co- conversations happening. This is, it's it's funny because like people look at like Scream as very meta textual and it is, um, but I almost feel like this goes even harder because everybody's themselves. It's like like Nev Campbell doesn't play Nev Campbell in Scream, but right, like it's it's kind of wild just especially like 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 John Saxon shows up as John Saxon. Yes. yes. <laughs> and Wes Craven plays himself, Robert Shay plays himself. The only the only fake characters are the husband and Dylan the little boy and Julie yeah. the babysitter and all the doctors, but like other than that everybody as else far, is real.
0: As far as like the core our core cast a yeah. lot of it is is just like okay, this is somebody and uh, an actual actor. <laughs> It was so nice to see John Saxon um, mm-hmm. show up in this. He's so good.
1: He has probably one of my favorite like bits of acting in the whole movie, I think.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. Cause
1: there's that, there's a scene at the end of the movie where um, they're transitioning into like the final confrontation with actual Freddy Krueger and John Saxon's like there to like be like, Heather, are you okay? I came as soon as I could. And then like, um, she's saying Freddy Krueger's haunting us, but she says Fred Krueger, which I think is a good indication because that's what they called him in the first movie was Fred Krueger, not Freddy Krueger. And uh, John Saxon brilliantly just tilts his head up and quotes himself from the first movie and says, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. It's, and then, It's brilliant. It's so good. And, <clears throat> and uh, then he starts calling her Nancy and then it just slowly just becomes her like from the first movie and you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> but i i mean i've seen this movie so many times but this is your first time watching it especially since you've watched the first movie and you only watched it once i believe right the first nightmare on elm street i
0: had i had, i thought i had seen it i mean I'd seen, I'd seen like a lot of i knew it through osmosis mm-hmm. like the like at the very least So it was the first time i would seen it in a while and, uh, definitely a good movie. I was really enjoying this one, um, uh, just cause it is such a different, a wildly different kind of thing. Like there's yeah. obviously like some of the scary stuff, but I was, I was compelled by, um, by, by, by Heather, <laughs> Heather in the movie, her like <laughs> movie her, Heather, her, her, her movie Heather trying to figure <laughs> out what the hell is going on with her kid, you mm-hmm. know? And it was, I think I thought it was like a cool thing. You know, because, again, like, a lot of these, like, a lot of slasher movies, it's, like, about a, y- a really young person, like, a, like a teenager.
1: It's never know, really it's about like a, a mom, movie. yeah.
0: No, and I think she's really, she's really, she was good in the first movie. I thought she was really great here.
1: Oh, yeah. She 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 kills it here. I even like, I even love the fact that in this movie, like, at times, she, it sort of feels like she's playing Nancy. Yeah. Like, when she's, every time she talks about Freddy... It feels like she's channeling and she even says things the way she did in that first movie. Yes. Um, as Nancy. And it's I, I there's so many times like, when she's talking to Robert Shea about like having a Freddy nightmare and yeah, how he wants to make another Freddy movie and that Chase, that's the husband's name. I kept forgetting. Chase, Chase. the husband, mm-hmm. um, uh, is making a new Freddy glove for this like new iteration and the way she's talking about the nightmare, it I'm like She, like, it really sort of starts to blend, you know, that whole, the whole concept of, like, fiction and reality sort of, like, coming together. It's really trippy, honestly.
0: I think, I think, too, like, like, just, like, thinking about, like, the artistic process. Also, I was thinking about that a lot with this movie. Like, I need to write this down because this is how I feel about this, this X topic or, like, the subject of of good and evil, you know? Mm. Um, And I thought that was, like, it's, and I like it too for this conversation because last action hero does that meta thing but it does it in a different sort of a different sort of way than this one does yeah you know like like this one's very much about specifically about i feel like about creators in in a sense and then the um the other movie last action hero is more about sort of like the genre sort of like the genre and the tropes and all that um Mm -hmm. as a whole pretty much um uh like I was having a good time, and then like the final like confrontation with Freddy was like the Lair. Like I wasn't even meant the Lair was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it,
1: it, it was. I felt like Joel Schumacher designed it a little bit. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, that was that was fun. Um, like it, I I really like this one. I would have a hard time deciding which one I like. between like the first one is so iconic. Mm-hmm. It's like such a like a, a famous like great horror movie. But this one, I really—it's a lot of stuff that I really like in movies, and I thought the acting was exceptional in this e- movie.
1: Even, even from people you wouldn't expect, like because I mean, Wes Craven's really was just really good at just like being like the hero is you, Nancy. <laughs> 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 the, the hero is you, Heather. Sorry, see, you have, see even I'm blending it. <laughs> see, like
0: it, it, it I'm going to bring up something that's really cringy. So prepare yourselves, guys. You know what? That's our brand. It's okay. It's go- oh, oh, it's going to be real bad. So, oh. The Nostalgia Critic.
1: Uh Yeah, see. Ah, uh, that was a different ballpark of cringe. Yes. Um, <laughs> We're in the dugout right now.
0: There's, uh, I believe Ugh. it's t- To Boldly Flee, there is a scene where The Nostalgia Critic meets Doug Walker. For those of you who don't know who Doug Walker is... <laughs> he's the, the Nostalgia <laughs> Critic. He's the, nosta- he's the creator of The Nostalgia <laughs> Critic, and he sees Doug writing this... Sc- it's so... <laughs> <laughs> it's three and a half hours dude it is insane oh Jesus
1: um, Christ
0: but I was thinking about that why am i like new nightmare is like a is like a, a real director <laughs>
1: <laughs> like if someone who actually knows what they're doing, was someone like, knows what they're doing,
0: do but also, but also, it's like okay, Wes Craven didn't just cast himself as the main hero. He's like, no, 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 my my lead like fe- female heroine needs to save today. You, you are the gatekeeper. You are like the guardian. You yeah. Know? Um, it's just much better than like, uh yes, I am so great. I am so great.
1: <laughs> la, la la. And you know, even in that same in that same note, Wes Craven. Pick, like depicts himself in an almost comical sense because like he's in a mansion and he's got an, a he's got a, a he's got a maid it's like it's coffee go ahead and take it oh, i'm struggling so much and i'm like i'm like west craven's just sitting here going i want to paint myself as like almost like this biggest asshole <laughs> in a way and like i respected it so much because like it just like not that he comes off like a terrible person in any capacity, but like around him, you're like, like you just see him going, oh my struggles. Here's he's my like man. <laughs> he's less than
0: capable. I, I got I got the feeling. Yeah. Know, like like he's writing this thing, but it's just like it's sort of some of it's sort of like out of his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, like the creative process and all this, stuff, it's it's really cool. Uh, the doctor scenes were kind of harrowing. For me, partly because um, I somebody very close to me had a seizure uh, a couple months ago, and that definitely brought on some memories. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, just like thinking about Oof, all that stuff, so that was maybe that, a little too soon. But it's you know it, it's what it is. It, yeah. But um, it, you know it's all good. But um, <laughs> the scene that really got me, and I love the way it was done, was like the needle scene with like the switch. The, the switcheroo and um it blew my mind because it's not it's not done like so like oh my god dramatically but you feel it though feel it. I'm like this is this is more frightening than anything Freddy does in the movie <laughs> It's
1: the real world is terrifying.
0: The real world—it's like, like, it's like, yeah, it's like the real world is really scary. And I'm like, oh no!
1: no. I I totally forgot about that moment too. And then, so I just like she's like filling it up, and you're like, oh, cause they they build that up too. They're like, she's yeah. filling it up, and then the the babysitter like, no, we're not putting him to sleep. And then she just goes, do it. And then out of nowhere like holy shit we <laughs> like, planned this it's
0: like the you can't do that that's illegal
1: <laughs> you can't do that and then i like the bit when uh she, like she just clocks the one nurse in the face first of all yes. and then and then the other one she's like i know what's in that needle but do you don't know what's in this one i don't oh, oh, but i'll julie, stick you with it
0: julie is so unhinged there it's beautiful <laughs>
1: listen that's why she gets paid the big bucks to watch this kid she's 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 been practiced
0: uh tracy mindendorf by the way plays julie
1: she's Good fun job yeah she she gets her she gets a death she's there's not a lot of death in the movie too which is wild to think about it
0: that is kind of i did have to ask like allison was asking what the rating of this was and mm. i i guess i i there might have been uh, were there? i remember the one f-bomb like later in the movie when she says but
1: fuck you to freddie yeah
0: yeah, and I was—I guess I just wasn't thinking about it watching the movie, because I was more focused on, like, the story of, like, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on in, like, the meta <laughs> element.
1: Like, um, it, it is an R rating, but I think what I like, I mean, what I've always liked about Wes Craven, too, is that, like, you look at, like, even the Scream movies. The Scream movies are intense, as you know. Yes. Like, but... At the same time like there's still so many mo- like i think of a, the in scream 2 when hallie the friend gets killed at the end of the film spoiler alert um and all you hear is like the the like squishy sound of the stabbing and then you cut back and then she's already bleeding out of her mouth and then he just she's just tossed to the ground and so it's like it's the i think wes craven's really good at suggestive stuff as well yeah So, like, I feel like that plays a part in it, but, like, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of blood in this movie, and so, like, you get the opening scene where the glove comes to life, and the two prop masters get killed, um, you get this, the scene when the husband gets killed is, is, when Chase gets killed is pretty intense, but it's so quick cut Hmm. that it's almost like, you don't see what happens, but you still see, like, the hand go down his chest to, to his groin, and you're like, yeah, that was upsetting. But but Julie gets probably the most brutal kill, tech I guess. But it's like a reference to when Tina gets killed in the first film, because mm. she gets dragged across the ceiling and you know upside down onto the, onto the ceiling. And yeah. Freddie, I I do like Robert Englund's delivery of ever play skin the cat. Yeah, and like the just the the way that... it was, it was so terrifying. <laughs> Actually, like I I don't I have not and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Please and thank you, sir. Awesome. But on that note, yeah. I do want to give a lot of props to Robert Englund. He, like, I mean, he plays—he's played this character for years, even after this movie they did, the Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, and so I mean, like, he's so entangled with this character, and in any sort of interpretation of it, I mean, obviously with that first movie, he's very scary and, and as he should be. And then as as the sequels went on, he became more comedic and, and more jokey and had a lot of one-liners. Um, like, I, I think of... There's a scene, I think, in Nightmare 5 where there's a kid who's a comic book nerd who fights Freddy Krueger, but Freddy Krueger turns into Super Freddy. Yes. <laughs> and, he's, and it's it's kind of a fun, like, designed set, but, like, it's all these, like, cartoony, like, paper cutout stuff or whatever... And then the kid turns into like a, a piece of paper, and then Freddy scratches his side. He goes, "I always told you, comic books was bad for you." <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, or like, there's a scene where Brecken Myers character and Freddy's dead gets killed in a video game, and at one point, Freddy's he's got a like a like a Atari controller. And he goes, "Great graphics." <laughs> so, I mean, like. <laughs> Uh, but point is, Robert Englund in any iteration of Freddy has always been incredible, and he's so fun in each film, and even so menacing at times. Like in this one, he's so menacing. But even when he plays himself, like it's it was so kind of odd to see Freddy crew Krue- uh, to see Robert Englund in a nightmare movie be scared like, as himself, like just to be another like person.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And, um like he, but like again he he channels every iteration so well like when he does the whole opening thing as himself as Freddy he's so fun um at the end of the movie with like the when they're in Freddy's lair he's genuinely menacing but like there's silliness there like his arm stretches out like freaking uh uh Michael Jordan in space jam <laughs> it, it, and th- again i think that also speaks to like the
0: actors being able to play multiple parts they're able to play the characters within the nightmare universe but also themselves
1: oh yeah like um, so John Saxon, Heather Langenkamp Robert Englund, massive props yeah honestly no,
0: fantastic so, uh,
1: genuinely so good
0: but um, yeah yeah. I think uh, again I think like people talk a lot about like meta things I know some people are really tired of meta things in general but I also again I go back to what I talked about with, with box office and like. I think people are are tired of mediocre meta, like Mm -hmm. this. These are like clearly what John McTiernan and um, Wes Craven brought to the. They brought they delivered the goods, as I like to say. Mm -hmm. They it like especially in the case of Last Action Hero. Last Action Hero not only works as like a spoof or a a satire of action movies, it's also a damn good action movie.
1: And I think that's what you got to do, at the end of the day, like. That's again going back to the what I was saying in the first half. Like when you're make when if you if you want to have a movie that's have some sort of a commentary on a specific thing, whether it's action movies or the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, being you know seeing what's happened to this character that you created in that initial film, um, there has to be like a point. Uh, there has to be a point of passion at the very beginning yeah. of it. There has to be a point of like like genuine love because otherwise it's just going to be um pessimistic and not it's nihilistic terrible like like i like I. anytime i think of the scary movies like yeah like there's admittedly some jokes in those films that are like oh that's funny but at the end of the day like i don't feel like anyone whether it's david zucker or the Wayans brothers like not to you know say that they aren't fans or anything but like i see those movies and i'm like they just feel like if the CinemaSins guys made movies <laughs> mm. you know or like or like you know just general nihilistic movie fans that are like, "Oh, I hate how how this movie does this and how this movie does that, and it's like, yeah, I understand that movies aren't perfect, and I understand that movies veer certain ways over others, and I have my complaints, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that I hate. Action movies, or I hate horror movies altogether because of the tropes that that exist within them. It's right. it's a it's a part of it, but it's um, as a gen- as a whole. I still love action movies. and I love how you know how they've evolved over the years, and I love horror movies how they evolved and how people like John McTiernan and, and Wes Craven, who both clearly love those genres and the characters that they've you know you know Jack Slater, West and uh, Jack Slater and and uh, Freddy Krueger but you know obviously they had something to say but they still loved what they were doing Mm -hmm. you know like 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 Wes Craven when he's making new nightmare he didn't need to be fan servicey and have uh Heather essentially become Nancy Jack John Saxon become the 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 cop father they didn't need to go to the house I mean they didn't need to do these things but they did and it was fun
0: yeah, it's it's like it's you know it's not just a callback for the sake of a callback. I think it's, yeah. it's genuinely trying to say something, um, which that's always nice when you can re you you can remix it with the nostalgia in an interesting way. I think that makes for makes for a good movie, mm-hmm. folks. Uh, what are what are some of your favorite like meta movies? Uh, John McTiernan movies, Wes Craven movies.
1: What? T- let us know. i'm trying i'm actually trying to think of like meta movies in general i'm like because i know scream and that whole series um i mean i guess you could say batman lego batman's kind of a meta movie in a way um last action hero obviously new nightmare right matrix resurrections definitely meta movie but I'm yeah, like, yeah. I, like, I'm trying to blank on what <laughs> some of the other ones are. There's,
0: listen, we'll let, the, we'll let the fans take care of that. Let's, because
1: we we have we have a dedicated group of fans.
0: We have a legion of one fan,
1: <laughs> the one. one person that listened to us on SoundCloud in the last seven days.
0: Oh, we 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 see you, buddy. We see you.
1: We see you. Yeah. Uh, that's gonna <laughs>
0: that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of Two Dudes One Double Feature. Check us out next week.
1: Have a good night, everyone. Sweet dreams. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature.
0: It's literally like the people from Nightmare on Elm Street.